Welcome back to the show. This is the ADF Underground brought to you by All Day Football. What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris Takomi Chouse, welcoming you back to another episode. Week 16 is nearly upon us. Can you believe it? We're almost through the entire season. Two more weeks left. This is the week of Fantasy Football Championships Finals. Uh, are going to be underway. Unbelievable. I can't believe we made it. COVID almost derailed everything, but yet we are still here. We have almost come to the finish line. Good luck to everybody going through uh, the finals this week. It should be good. It's a lot of stress. I know this. You know, I'm riding with you. We will have the point spread article and uh, the start sit for the week coming out tomorrow on Christmas Eve. I mean, it's it's a tight week. That's why the podcast is a little bit early this week. But hey, you know what? This is, uh, gives you something to listen to while you're while you're uh, unwrapping your presents, you know. But definitely Merry Christmas to everybody. Hopefully everybody has a restful time, gets to spend time with the loved ones. Uh, it's always a good time for everybody. So let's dive into the games. We do have a treat on Christmas Day. We get the Minnesota Vikings taking travel to New Orleans to face the New Orleans Saints. Currently the Saints are favored by seven points. I don't know. I don't. I, I like. I said I will be diving into the the spreads a lot more. So whatever I say here, I mean take with a grain of salt because I will give you my preferred picks on the point spread article that will drop tomorrow as well. But I mean, it, it, the first thought of this game, I did review some of it a little bit, and I mean, yes, we have no Michael Thomas. I mean, the Vikings are holding on with basically no hope to get into the playoffs they're gonna have to win two and and get some help I mean this is a tough game for them I think that's why the spread is at seven points right now Dalvin Cook has had a fabulous season I mean he's what 297 1484 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns he's just had a baller of a year um, for fantasy football, I mean, you definitely go with him. You got to start him every week. Him and Kamara, there's no question about it. No Michael Thomas. Again, he has been put on the IR for the Saints. He will not perform uh, for the rest of the season until the playoffs. Uh, hopefully he gets to come back from his ankle injury. But we want to talk about Drew Brees a little bit. We, we saw him come back to the field off the IR, off the broken ribs. And, I mean, kudos to him. I mean, anybody who said uh, I saw so much chatter on Twitter saying that Drew Brees needs to retire after this season. And, I mean, he may. Um, I, I know he's got a deal for broadcasting. I can't remember for which site either it was Fox or ESPN. But, I mean, he still has it. I mean, give the guy a break. He, he, he's coming off, what, 11 broken ribs, and he gets his first action, and everyone's all up in, up in arms because he missed his first six passes. I mean, it was massive rust. The guy came through an injury that most people wouldn't even be able to walk from, and he's back after three weeks playing with, uh, with broken ribs. I mean, come on, let's give a little bit of a break here. Breeze did pick it up in the, in the second half of that game last week. He, he looked a lot better, a lot sharper. And, I mean, the issue with the Saints that I see is is obviously firepower. Without Michael Thomas, I mean, they're going to need guys to step up. Alvin Kamara is your, is your dog. He's the guy you're going to continue to feed out of the backfield. But I think the biggest problem with the Saints, to me, continues to be this forcing of Taysom Hill. I get it, man. Sean, Sean Payton, head coach Sean Payton, wants to force the issue. He wants to make Payton, uh, uh, Taysom Hill into something that he isn't, in my opinion. I mean, okay, yeah, he's a jack-of-all-trades. He's a very good runner. 
But, I mean, come on. You're force-feeding the issue, and I think this constantly gives your offense a step back. Play it to your strengths. I mean, if you want him to play tight end, let him play tight end. If he's going to catch passes, I mean, look, he's dropping passes in the red zone. It's it's hurting your team offensively, and I think if they continue down the stretch into the playoffs, it's going to be a big problem for them. They're the, the plays, okay, if he takes a read option on the goal line and runs it in, fine. I get it. You know, that's what he's good at. That's what he's great at. But, I mean, when you're passing the ball to him like he is your star wide receiver, I have big, big problems with that. When it comes to the the Minnesota Vikings, I mean, this defense in in New Orleans is very stout, is very strong. They're going to struggle to get anything going through. Uh, if they don't get the, I guess the, the best way I can put it, they're going to struggle if they can't get uh, Dalvin Cook going. If Dalvin Cook can start running, they can open up the play action pass, and that's what they're that's what they're built upon. I mean, uh, Kirk Cousins hasn't had a horrible season. It's going to be interesting to see uh, if he's brought back next year or if uh, the Vikings plan to upgrade at the position or or change at the position. I mean, you still have talent. You have uh, young Justin. Jefferson, who's been balling out this year as well, with Adam Thielen also having a very strong season. I mean, so I don't know the seven points. I on on the first thought, I I, I will be inclined to take those seven points, but but likely I'll I'll, I'll pick the under only because the Vikings' offense uh, they can they can do damage when they want to. December twenty six, we have a trio: uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking travel to Detroit to face the Lions. They are nine point favorites in that contest. I liked what I saw in the second half from from Tampa Bay. It was it was from last week. What what it was for me. It felt like they threw out the scheme and the playbook and said, you know what, let's just do what makes sense. And and that's kind of how it felt in that second half. Again, Tom Brady comes back to Atlanta. He is down by, what, 24 points or something like that? And he comes back and orchestrates a, a, a victory against the Matt Ryan and the Falcons again. I mean, poor Falcons. What can they do? But, I mean, Tampa Bay... They look good. I mean, no Rojo. He was out with that broken finger and uh, COVID. I haven't seen word if he is going to play in this contest, but they were no worse for wear. I mean, yes, uh, uh, Leonard Fournette didn't have the best game statistically, but I mean, he found the end zone twice. I'm still on Leonard Fournette's bandwagon. I really am. I think he has talent. He's only 25 years old. I mean, I don't know why everyone's basically writing him off at this point. I mean, he, this 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 backfield wasn't given to him. He he had to have earned it, but I mean, it, it obviously pushed Rojo to be that much better on the ground. I still I still like uh, Leonard Fournette a lot. I think if he finds a home somewhere else next season where he can take majority of the touches, I think he'll find his way back. But for this uh, for this contest, if 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 Rojo doesn't go, I I like Leonard Fournette in the fantasy playoffs all day long. I think that against this weak Detroit Lions defense, um, he could again find the end zone with with ease. Uh, perhaps they get him more involved in the pass game as well. But then also finding Antonio Brown in the end zone that was a fantastic thing. I mean, seeing Antonio get back in. I've always been a supporter of the player of Antonio Brown. I mean, the off-field stuff I didn't I didn't care for uh, like nobody really did. But, I mean, uh, finding that chemistry with Tom Brady, they had it in New England for the one game they played. It was almost like that immediate chemistry, and, and I think it's going to continue. We saw Mike Evans get into the mix. So perhaps if they understand, if Tampa Bay finally understands that they can just move around and find the open guy and scheme up certain plays, they can be a very successful offense and, and not have the mistakes. I, I, I don't... Uh, there was some disagreements in my opinion on on if they were pretending if they're for real if they're going to beat out the top end teams but i mean this is where you get hot if you if you can string together these next two contests you can string together some wins and 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 be efficient doing it not make mistakes i mean i like tampa bay heading into the postseason against the the detroit lions i mean i got to give it to matthew stafford i mean this guy he is playing also 
with uh, torn cartilage off of his ribs, and he was standing in that pocket taking hits. I mean, nothing but respect. I think uh, you know he's very underrated in that in that regard. He's a, one of the toughest guys in the NFL. Um, just coming back and playing one week after he left the contest with those ribs. I mean, just unbelievable. Marvin Jones. I've been a little bit disrespectful on Marvin Jones, and and it's only because. I, I, I don't even have a, a feel for why. It was almost like the target share wasn't enough to support him, but he has had a very good season overall. And it's time for me to come around on Marvin Jones. I liked Marvin Jones when he had the Kenny Galladay opposite him. I like that part of his game because now he's seeing the lesser coverage. Versus top coverage, I always kind of like eh, shy away a little bit, but I like Marvin Jones this week as well. Tampa Bay's secondary has been playing porous of uh, over the last few weeks, and, and I mean, there is opportunity even in garbage time, if they are losing, that Marvin Jones is going to do something good. I mean, he has 101 targets with with no Galladay on the field basically for the entire season. I mean, what, four drops? I mean, that's not too bad for this guy. Seven touchdowns. I like Marvin Jones this week again to have a decent day. Nine points. uh, It might be a little steep. I I think I'll take the Lions plus nine in this one only because their offense can still move. I like DeAndre Swift a lot. Not maybe in this contest to be having a big day fantasy football-wise, but I like his game overall period I think he is a dog and he is a very talented player I'm still taking the Buccaneers to win this game but I think that the Lions will cover the spread next one we have is the San Francisco 49ers the middle uh, middle of the pack game the 49ers taking travel to Arizona to face the Cardinals Cardinals are favored by four and a half points it's been a very very tough sled for the 49ers they have been eliminated from playoff contention they really have nothing to play for they had everybody and their and their and their dogs on IR this year. I mean, they, what did I see? I saw the stat. It said like ninety million dollars is sitting on injured reserve for the 49ers right now. I mean, how could you be successful? How how can you put together a successful program if you're Kyle Shanahan with that much injury problems for the entire year? I mean. They're, they're coming off the Super Bowl last season, and, and I mean, it was just, it, it wasn't meant to be. It, this, this season wasn't meant to be. And this just says to me, even if the 49ers lose these next two games, that just enhances their draft stock. They're going to be able to stack the cupboards that much more, um, and, and then you get all the talent back from the IR. So, I mean, for 49ers fans, this is just a blip in the radar because if you guys can upgrade the quarterback position and move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, his contract is able to be moved on from, I think that you guys can do some damage next season again when healthy. But four and a half points going into Arizona, I mean, it's, it's hard for me not to believe the Cardinals won't cover this. I mean, the defense is has not played well the past three weeks, obviously. After the Bills game, we saw a steady trend down for how this defense was playing. And, and I think we're going to see kind of a similar trend in this one. C.J. Beathard is likely to get the start. I still haven't heard word. I mean, uh, Nick Mullins did get injured. They had Josh Rosen uh, signed off the Tampa Bay practice squad. I was encouraged by that. I want to see Josh Rosen get a second chance. I really do. I, I, I He didn't play well in his time uh, when he was the starting quarterback for the Cardinals. But, I mean, I, I really... I, I want to see him at least get one more shot to see if it was just the system that wasn't uh, working for him. And if any uh, coach could get him going, it would be Kyle Shanahan. So that's a, that's an interesting thing for me. I think he's on the COVID list. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to play in this contest, but I mean, that's one to watch. If not, C.J. Beathard will get the start. Jeffrey Wilson will be getting the start at running back once again with Raheem Mostert injuring his ankle once again. It's been a horrible season for him also. I wasn't as high on Raheem Mostert this year. I 
I mean, granted, he has the skill, he has the talent, and he has shown out well, but, I mean, the injuries continue to pile up. Maybe this is a one-off, but, I mean, the season prior, he did hurt himself as well. So injuries are a major concern in my eyes for Raheem Mostert. But Jeffrey Wilson is a good start this week in fantasy football. He should get a, a boatload of carries. And, of course, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, if we're talking San Francisco, you can't go away from this guy right now. He's absolutely balling out. He is catching everything to come his way. Um, so, I mean, from that perspective, we know the Cardinals. You're playing, Kyler. You're playing, Hopkins. I mean, Ken- uh, Kenyon Drake, we saw he got hobbled a little bit. So, with keep an eye on that. As the injury report comes, we could see a lot of Chase Edmonds in this contest if Drake is unable to go. Even if he is hampered a little bit, I, I might uh, hedge my bets and I might uh, stay away from this backfield altogether. But if you get word, uh, Chase Edmonds all day long. I'm okay with that start. Four and a half points. I'm inclined I might take that because the Cardinals have everything to play for in this division when it comes to uh, fighting the Seahawks and the Rams to get into the postseason. I like the Cardinals this week a lot. The Miami Dolphins taking travel to the Vegas Raiders. Three points. The Miami Dolphins are favored. And just looking at the injury report, we do see that Derek Carr did get a full practice off that injured groin. I am absolutely shocked and surprised he was able to practice at a full capacity uh, on Wednesday. So that that likely is trending in the direction that he will suit up and Marcus Mariota will find his way back to the bench. I'm a little upset. I wanted to see Marcus go back into uh, behind center and, and show what he could do. I was big on on uh, Mariota in the offseason, potentially taking this job, um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, he could re-aggravate his, his groin, Derek Carr I'm speaking of, and, and we could see again Marcus Mariota come into play. Miami traveling to Vegas on this one. So, I mean, Miami needs this victory. They're 9-5. and five. They want to keep, uh, keep pace in the wild card race. The Raiders, they need both victories and they need help. This one beating the Dolphins would help their cause to get in the postseason a great deal because they're one of the teams that they are chasing and it's got to be a lot of Josh Jacobs. I'm a little bit concerned with how this offense is moving as of late. Josh Jacobs it has been running great. I mean, he's been he's been running very well for a majority of the season. Um, still not at that thousand yard mark yet. He's very close. He still has 10 touchdowns, but we were promised. We were promised to see a lot more of Josh Jacobs in the past game. We haven't seen it for basically majority of the season. I mean, it's been last time I checked, it was about what 35 catches, 35 receptions for Josh Jacobs. That's, that's not enough, especially since you haven't been involving, uh, uh, Richard as much in the, in the past game either. It's it's very confusing. He's another dynamic. You're not using Henry Ruggs to his full potential either. You're constantly using him as the go, the deep threat, and 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 he could be used over the middle in intermediate routes. I don't understand why that's not being used either. These are the kind of the mistakes that I see that have happened throughout the entire season. Not much of a change, not much of an alteration, and I think that was a big mistake by John Gruden. If he he knows his defense isn't very good. I mean, we saw what happened last week. The defense couldn't stop a cold. The Chargers were able to move the ball whenever they wanted all over the field, even in overtime. And now you face a Miami Dolphins squad who seems very balanced. And, and this defense is playing extremely well. I mean, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, I've mentioned these two a dozen times over the entire season. I've always been a Howard fan. He is he is one of the best in the business that doesn't get all the all the spotlight. And and it shows what is it, nine, ten interceptions this season? Unbelievable year he's had. And now you got Byron Jones locking up the other side. These two are just absolute beasts and animals, and they're gonna make life very hard on Mr. Derek Carr. So definitely 
definitely they're going to have to get the run game going. Fantasy football-wise, there is a, a, a little bit of an issue in this Miami Dolphins backfield. I saw Miles Gaskin has been activated off the COVID list, which is uh, concerning for anybody who was planning to start Salvin Ahmad. I think uh, I would have preferred Ahmad to be the, the running back personally because and, – and who knows? We could see a split here, but again, that's going to derail your fantasy outlook. If it was Ahmad, he would have gotten at least 20, uh, 20 uh, uh, rush attempts again, and, and he's been running very well. I've been a Ahmad guy since – uh, since uh, he was uh, undrafted in, from the draft process, I did a lot of scouting work on him, and he was a big favorite of mine. So we'll see how that goes. That's a tough one if you're in fantasy football. Keep your eye on the on the injury report as well for Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant because if they can't go, I have no issues again putting uh, Lynn Bowden uh, Jr. into my flex spot because he gets the targets. He's going to give you a very safe floor, full PPR, 10 points. I'm, I'm definitely okay with that. Minus three, I'm inclined again to go with the Miami Dolphins. I think that they can pull this one out. I think they're ready to at least make a, a statement to say that they, they, they belong into the playoffs because their defense has been playing that well. So heading into Sunday, we got a full slew of games on Sunday, of course. We'll start off with the Cleveland Browns taking travel to New York to face the Jets, who got their first victory against the Los Angeles Rams. I still don't understand what happened in that game. The Rams clearly looked past the New York Jets last week uh, for the game they have upcoming this week against the Seattle Seahawks, and that was a big mistake. The Jets found a way to win their first game. They will not go winless and, and match the Detroit Lions in that respect, but hey, the Cle- Cleveland Browns, these upstart Cleveland Browns, they're showing me something again. I've been very critical. I, You guys know this. You listen to the show. I've been extremely critical on the Cleveland Browns. I wasn't a believer. I'm still kind of on the fence, but I'm not a naysayer so much anymore. I think that they're a decent club, I but I do think they're beatable. Okay, I really do. That game against the Baltimore Ravens to me is the anomaly. I don't think that is going to continue to be the standard. What they do very well is they control the clock with the ground game. Now what we see is the evolution of Kevin Stefanski, head coach uh, Stefanski. He is now integrating Baker Mayfield and the and the play-action pass, and Baker is starting to play very well. This is what will lift the Cleveland Browns to that next level into the postseason, if, if that's the case. I really, uh, you know, I, I love Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, to me, is is one of the best running backs in the entire league. I mean, if he played a full 16 games, he'd be flirting again with the league lead in rushing, and he's still, he's going to creep up on 1,000 even after missing all those games. He is your nose on the goal line. He's going to punch that ball in every single time, and then when you have the changeup, you play Kareem Hunt, and I mean, this is going to be a problem. I don't think the Browns are going to overlook this contest one bit. I don't know if I said the Cleveland Browns are favorite by nine points. I mean, that's a little bit heavy as well. Last week, the the Jets were 17 and a half underdogs. I mean, that was gross, and I took it, but I mean, this week I got to think. I got to think and take pause because the defense is very good. Miles uh, Miles Garrett's playing out of his mind uh, still, even coming after the COVID. We saw Denzel Ward back in the mix. He is one of my favorite cornerbacks in the NFL as well. I like it a lot. So, I mean, when it comes to this Jets team, it was it was a one-off. I mean, what can you say? This is going to be a very different contest. Don't get it twisted. I think the Cleveland Browns can do enough here. It, it's going to feel kind of like that Giants game where it's not going to be a blowout, but they're going to control uh, the majority of the contest with the with the ground game. Baker's going to find his receivers. He's starting to find a Joku a little bit more. He's found Higgins. Landry's starting to eat a lot. So, I mean, 
I, it, it, it's difficult not to like this Cleveland Brown squad right now, and and I mean they're going what ten and four to go to eleven uh, eleven and four. I'm okay with that. I can see that happen. They're going to win this game. The Jets will not find another way to win for the rest of the season, in my opinion. But I think nine points. It's going to be a stretch. I'm going to have to dive into that game a little bit more. I might be inclined to take that one. Also, next game we have is the New York Giants taking travel to Baltimore to face the Ravens. No spread at this point, only because news hasn't dropped of Daniel. Jones if he will play or if it will be Colt McCoy regardless of that situation I even no matter who's going to play we know Baltimore needs this game they're trying to stay pace with the the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers who are falling off at the moment so this division is truly up for grabs at this point we could definitely see a changing of the guard come in these next two weeks but I mean the Giants really have nothing to play for either everything is on the line for the Baltimore Ravens Wayne Gallman if you're planning on playing him in fantasy football I really got to caution that he has fallen off especially with Colt McCoy even if you see Daniel Jones suit up in this contest facing the Baltimore defense that is very good against the run uh, outside of that Cleveland game where they just got roasted I mean I, I it's it's such a tough one and you, you know I've been very supportive of Wayne Gallman since he took over as the, as the lead back and, and he's produced extremely well versus heavy competition, but I don't think he's real, really built right now to to be the lead guy week in, week out. He's got 130 carries right now, and, I mean, that that might be his his where he's kind of hitting the wall. We could see uh, him go about 160, 165 uh, for the season, but, I mean, that might be a little bit of a stretch as well. I don't like the start whatsoever. If you have other options, I would go in that direction. I still don't understand what's going on with Darius Slayton. He has completely fallen off the radar in terms of fantasy football it's it's quite concerning i it has to be the coaching it has to be the play calling and why am i not surprised with uh, jason garrett calling the plays i mean feed your top guys even sterling shepherd is has found his way to be non-existent i mean you're seeing these guys being dropped in fantasy football now which is which is a grave concern i mean i've seen i've seen slayton and, and shepherd sitting on the waiver wire for multiple weeks now in some leagues and i mean that, that tells me a lot. The production is just not there. Lamar Jackson and this offense for Baltimore are starting to pick it up. Des Bryant's getting into the mix, and I like that. I like that a lot. I think, you know, especially in the red zone, he is one of those targets that you don't have or you didn't have before, and now you have him. So I, I think it's a great piece to their offense. Hollywood Brown with the speed. Uh, integrate Des Bryant and the run game is starting to, t- to take shape like we had envisioned at the beginning of the season with J.K. Dobbins now Lamar Jackson they're finding room to run I foresee even with Daniel Jones not in this contest I still see about a six and a half point spread coming for the Ravens I will probably take that even though the, the Giants defense has been playing very well next one we have is the Cincinnati Bengals taking travel to Houston to face the Texans the Bengals are underdogs by eight points and this is shocking to me okay we saw we saw what happened. I mean, that was the anomaly as well. The the Cincinnati Bengals with Ryan Finley beating the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. I mean, are you kidding me? What did we see? I, I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe what I was watching. But there was a lot of problems in Pittsburgh. But when you talk about this Houston uh, Houston Texans club, what do they have to play for? They're finished. Their season is basically done. Anyway, the Bengals is done. This is a no contest in terms of playoff viability, but eight points for the Texans, I really struggle to find that. I really do. Ryan Finley is not a bad quarterback. He's not great, but he knows the system. He was there last year, and, and now he's going to be the starter over Brandon Allen, which he should have been in the first place. What this does, it, we saw what it did for Giovanni Bernard. It allows them to alter their scheme and system and their approach that they can be a lot more run heavy because the the threat of Finley running the football 
the threat of Finley actually finding his wide receivers. I'm not sure if Tyler Boyd is going to suit up in this one. I think I saw he had a concussion, so there is potential that you could have A.J. Green have a good game. I mean, I know it's it's crazy, but A.J. Green could be that guy that if you really desperately need a wide receiver, you somehow made it to the finals. I mean, I, I don't like it a lot, but, I mean, the, the secondary in this defense the Texans possess is is extremely beatable. I like uh, definitely like Bernard this week. I am also leaning a lot onto uh, A.J. Green. When it comes to Texans, Kiki Kuti, he has been phenomenal. D- uh, David Johnson, he will be playing in this contest as well. I like them as well this week. Deshaun Watson, obviously. You're not stopping. Uh, you're not sitting him this week, is what I should say. Um, he's going to give you a decent game as well. But for all intents and purposes, this is just going to be a game for fantasy football watchers. Outside of that, there is nothing else. Eight points. I probably will will go under here. I think with Ryan Finley, they can do enough to uh, keep it a lot closer than eight points. Next one we have is the Chicago Bears. The guys are rolling right now, seven and seven. They have climbed all the way back, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. The Mitchell Trubisky installation has been nice. His numbers on the season right now are 15, 38 passing yards, 14 TDs, only six interceptions. He has created a dynamic in Chicago now where David Montgomery has now found his legs as well. He is almost at 1,000 yards. He has looked absolutely absolutely fantastic the last three weeks especially for fantasy football he has gained over 20 points in each of those games full ppr he has been fantastic you can trust him this uh, this week as well going up against the jaguars who have a weaker run defense weaker defense overall and I like it all all day long. I like Allen Robinson and a, a dart throw a little bit is is a little bit of Daryl uh, Daryl Mooney. I, I I or Darnell Mooney, excuse me. I I think that he could be a, a very good risk reward type of player. The target share isn't always going to be in his favor, but against a weaker defense, I mean, he could definitely find his way back into the end zone like he did again. So again, if you need flex play, uh, I don't hate Daryl Mooney whatsoever. When it comes to the Jaguars, we're hearing that James Robinson may not suit up for this one, even though he is wanting to. He has told the coaching staff he wants to suit up, but he's dealing with an injury. I mean, he's had a fabulous season being the undrafted rookie free agent, taking over four Leonard Fournette. So, I mean, that's a big loss for your fantasy club if he does not suit up in this contest. So, it's definitely one to watch before Sunday comes. Have other options available. Um, But this game, seven and a half points for the Bears. I mean, I could see it. The only thing I don't like is the travel for Chicago to Florida. I think that is, uh, uh, it could be be a wrinkle in in what they want to do and I think that could pose a problem for the the in, entirety of the contest but if, if there is no James Robinson then I like it a lot I, I think that it's a very good spread in that sense because the Jaguars will have a very tough time running the football and the Bears defense now with an offense that can control the clock they're getting more rest they're making a lot of plays as well so yeah I think I will take the seven and a half points for the Chicago Bears but it will be confirmed on my point spread article as well next one on the board is the Atlanta Falcons taking travel to Kansas City to face the the Chiefs. 10 points. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' Chiefs are favored in this contest. The spread seems a little high to me. Uh, also, only because the Chiefs haven't been as uh, dominant as as we had hoped. I mean, they but they do seem like they're just going through the motions of finishing the regular season. They know if they, with this win they lock up the home field advantage, they lock up the first round bye. And I mean. 
they're they're still the best team in the NFL. They're they're very difficult to beat, but we haven't seen that high octane uh, punch you in the mouth and then step on your throat type of level of play from uh, the Chiefs over the past several weeks. Uh, but like I said, it, it just seems like they're just this methodical approach, almost like how the Patriots just went through the season just to get to the postseason, and then you see them turn it on. I think that's kind of what we're seeing from Andy Reid. He is he is he's kind of doing it this way to save his players, not show it, not tip his hand, show his hand uh, for the plays that he plans to use in the postseason. I mean, I, I really, for the Falcons' perspective, I really don't see Julio Jones suiting up in this one. He still is dealing with that hamstring injury. I'd be shocked if he takes the field. So again, Calvin Ridley is your guy. I still like Russell Gage in this one as well, simply because garbage time points could be very high. Uh, Matt Ryan and company, again, like we said with the Tampa Bay effect, I can't believe Tom Brady came back again on this team and beat him. I mean, this is a, a, a massive problem, and, and it could be a, a cultural problem within uh, the locker room now that they just can't hold on to leads. Do I believe that the Falcons have a shot to win this game? No, I don't. I think that uh, Kansas City wants that bye week. They want that rest, especially now with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on the shelf with the injury. He had a, a nasty hit, nasty-looking hit fall he he kind of did the splits and then the the opponent rolled on his on his knee and his ankle looks to be a hip and high ankle sprain uh he is out uh, uh perhaps for a month is is what i'm hearing he could be back for the postseason so getting that first round by is going to be paramount for for kansas city but they do have levy on bell so everything is not lost i do like him this week as well even though the atlanta falcons run defense has been very good this entire season um i i still like level lot I think he's going to showcase that ability in the pass game once again I think he gets back into the end zone I think this offense could move a lot different with Le'Veon Bell it could be reminiscent of what we saw when Lev was with the Pittsburgh Steelers I think if 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 Andy Reid uh, and he's he's one of the most intelligent coaches at this point of understanding what players he has and and adjusting. I think that we see a lot more checkdowns to Lev. I think that it's going to be uh, uh, perhaps we're going to see a sixty-five to seventy-five yard day finding his way into the end zone and five receptions. Like that's what I could see for Lev this week. I think they want to know what they have in him, and 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 with how decent the the Falcons have been against run defense, I think uh, or stopping the run, I should say. I think that we could see a lot lot of passes come his way but of course Tyreek Hill Travis Kelsey they're going to be very difficult to stop this could act as a something of a tune-up 10 points it is a little much I still want to see if Julio plays or not he could only be a decoy but I I that's a tough one to take I'll probably take the under as well only because the Falcons can still put up points Next one we have is the Indianapolis Colts continuously getting disrespected by the odds makers. They're only favored by one and a half points uh, taking travel to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers right now, they're broken. I mean, there's nothing else we can say. Before I dive into what I feel about the Indianapolis Colts, we really have to dissect what the heck is going on in Pittsburgh. Everyone wants to blame Juju Smith-Schuster for dancing on uh, opposing team logos. We heard today that uh, he had a talk with uh, Coach Mike Tomlin, and they have both agreed that he will no longer do that, not because it is a distraction to the team and it's what's causing them to lose contest, but it is uh, disrespectful in the terms that, you know, you just don't do that. We saw it with Terrell Owens and the Dallas Cowboys when he was going to the star and, and putting up his hands every time he scored a touchdown. I mean, it's it's a disrespect uh, action from the uh, opposing player to that team when they play in their in their field 
So, I mean, do I believe that it was uh, it, that was the case? No. I think that it does give the other team extra motivation. We saw the Buffalo Bills when Juju danced on the on the logo. Uh, Josh Allen came out and he said, you know, let them dance. We'll finish this game. This is added motivation that you don't need to be providing to the other team. So without him dancing, let's dive into what the serious problems are on this Pittsburgh offense right now. We have no running game in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh cannot run the ball whatsoever. And, and when we saw the success early on even even if it was against lesser competition they were able to move the ball on the ground this this allowed Ben Roethlisberger the opportunity to expose on the play action pass because we we've seen it more than once now especially over the last five weeks Ben Roethlisberger cannot get out of the pocket like he used to anymore he cannot bounce off of of defenders he is is that's why he's getting the rid of the ball so quickly now he is a two point uh zero nine seconds release uh, out of the backfield right now I mean that's crazy that's the highest in the NFL. It's basically he gets the ball in his hand, he's looking for his hot read, and he throws the ball. But this is becoming a problem because now for him to to dissect the defense, to find other receivers, this is why Chase Claypool has seen a, has been taking a nap the last four weeks. He's just not getting enough volume. I mean, Deontay Johnson is is continuing to get the target share. We see Juju getting into the mix a lot more as well. But without a run game, you have a big, big problem. And I really wonder, I've had discussions with some colleagues, I really wonder if Ben Roethlisberger is, is more hurt than what they're letting on to be. I think he really is. I think that that elbow, that surgically repaired elbow, is causing a concern. Um, and and that's, what's, that's what's taking the toll on this game. And, and now, without the support of that run game, like I'm saying, this is only going to hinder the offense that much more. And then why the defense, which has been playing lights out this entire time, not only did the Bud Dupree season-ending injury have that big concern that I had thought it would it actually is looking that way and not only that when the the Steelers offense is going three and out they're getting tired I mean we've seen this elite defenses get tired we saw it in Denver with that elite defense whenever their offense couldn't sustain drives the defense would be gassed and they wouldn't have a chance so I mean when it comes to the Colts only being favored by a point and a half going to Pittsburgh this is a sucker bet for me. I'm I'm taking Indianapolis one and a half all day long on this Pittsburgh team right now. Pittsburgh has to show me something before I'm gonna I'm gonna trust again. Okay, the Philip Rivers and this offense they are moving so well right now. They have everything on lock right now. JT Jonathan Taylor is playing lights out at the moment. He's found his stride. His vision has uh, completely improved. He's now looking for contact. He contact. He's bouncing off the opposition. He's finding his way in the end zone. He's he's showing well in the past game. And then when you have Naheem Hines spelling him on that, I mean, there's there's no stopping this ground game right now. Uh, Phillip Rivers is integrating his wide receivers that much more. T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman, they're having steady roles. So, I mean, it's a very difficult offense to stop, especially with how good this offensive line is. And then we're not even talking about the defense. The defense is playing lights out as well. Michael Brockers has been the, uh, the, the main piece for this defense to bring it all together. One and a half points. I think the Colts take, take this uh, all the way to the bench. I'm I'm not even thinking twice about that one. Next one is the Denver Broncos taking on the LA Chargers. Both teams out of playoff uh, contention, both five and nine records. We did see Justin Herbert come back last week on Thursday night against those Raiders. He looked a lot better. I think he counted for four touchdowns, three passing, one one rushing, if I'm not mistaken, or two and three. I'd, I'd have to go back and double check. But he looked good. And I mean, the, the positive note that I want to take from this Chargers offense is the fact that they have a slew of wide receivers. Keenan Allen, once again, is a 
questionable. He did not look good last week. And they they leaned on their youthful wide receiver core. I mean, uh, Guyton, you have Tyron Johnson. I mean, these guys are very capable wide receivers, and I'm liking what I'm seeing. K.J. Hill, the rookie, I mean, they do have a, a – available wide receivers that can fill in if if Keenan Allen isn't 100% and then we see Hunter Henry get into the mix with Austin Eckler so I mean do I want to see a lot more from Austin Eckler in this contest I really do I think that him coming off his injury against the Broncos I think we could definitely see it the Bills exposed the Broncos last week you know that they don't really have a lot on offense they're not really connecting Jerry Judy has been uh, uh, mind-boggling to me and and it all suggests more everyone wants to get on the Jerry Judy hate wagon like he isn't a sound football player and let me let me shake that notion from your head he is a very good football player it's just the way that this offense is constructed he is not being seen to be the number one wide receiver for some reason Tim Patrick has formed the better chemistry with Drew Locke and uh, I mean Jerry Judy's been getting open so I don't know if you don't watch Denver games you really need to go back and check it out because he is getting open Jerry Judy is uh, yes he has drop concerns I will say that that is a concern for me I mean, you didn't see a whole heck of a lot of, of a lot of that from Alabama days. But I mean, in the in the NFL, maybe he has had some issue translating. But also, when you look at the perspective of catchable balls, uh, Drew Locke has thrown the one of the league worst percentages to Jerry Judy for catchable balls. So that's not on him either. That's not on Jerry Judy either. So, I mean, the drops that are in his hands that he should have. Yeah, I'm not going to make excuses for him in that regard. But when it comes to Drew Locke not being able to throw a good, good enough pass to his direction to make a play, that's on him. I mean, once you get the ball in Judy's hands, hands he's a known playmaker with the ball in his hands so I mean that's a that's a major concern but for the Chargers I mean they're favored by three points I think they do this I think that a lot of these players are vying for their jobs I think that uh, Justin Herbert he's he's the franchise now we know this he's gonna want to go into the offseason with a on a high note and and you know, Coach Anthony Lynn is going to try to save his position. I just don't foresee it. I think the Anthony Lynn has to be uh, let go after this season, bring in somebody else, and and you have lots of talent on this roster. I think, and this is also the Chris Harris revenge game. Don't don't forget that he's going to come back again against his his former club in the Broncos, and he's going to want to show. Excuse me, he's going to want to show what he can do, and and perhaps we see a pick in this in this game as well. I like the Chargers. I think they find another way to win this game. Three points, I will take it. Next one we have is the Carolina Panthers going to Washington to face the Washington football team. We had a little controversy. We saw Dwayne Haskins, I believe, was uh, caught at a uh, uh, some club. I believe, I'm not sure if it was a strip club or a club, but without a mask uh, on, not social distancing, he, I believe, was fined by the club. I do not know how this affects the quarterback start in this room this week. Uh, we've seen Alex Smith is still not able to practice with his injured calf. So, I mean, they might have to go with Dwayne Haskins. But this is a concern for this offense, especially for fantasy football. I mean, uh, Terry McLaurin owners, uh, Logan Thomas owners, you definitely need at least Haskins to play in this game. If they go with a third stringer, I don't think that's going to bode very well for productivity. So, uh, Logan Thomas, I'm all for it. He is he has found his his staple in the NFL. I mean, for lack of a better term, he is looking like a very good, solid 
option at the tight end position. He's putting you up a good uh, good floor of, what, 9 to 12 points, uh, full PPR. That's that's a great floor for a tight end position who isn't elite at this point. I mean, that's a great, great play. When it comes to the Panthers, I mean, I wish I could see P.J. Walker. I put Teddy on the bench. I mean, let's see what P.J. can do. Start a quarterback controversy. I'd be all for it. No Chris, Christian McCaffrey. He's going to be shut down for the rest of the season. There's no reason to risk it. Why uh, potentially tear an ACL in Week 16 when you have nothing to play for Week 17? He will not see the field again for the rest of the season. I am sure of that. Uh, Robbie Anderson and uh, DJ Moore. I mean, if I have to choose one of these guys, I got to go DJ Moore in this sense. I think his role has taken the the front seat now in this offense over Robbie Anderson. Anderson has had a very good season. He did cross the 1,000-yard mark for the first time in his NFL career on 85 receptions. I mean, that's a, that's a great season for this guy. It clearly shows what the Jets were not able to do with his talents. Robbie Anderson is a, is a legit wide receiver, too, in this league. DJ Moore is is fantastically uh, the number one target and and should be on this club. I think he's a good start. The, the front line for this defense of... Of Washington will give Teddy Bridgewater fits so I mean that does lower the floor for these wide receivers a lot I am not confident in starting Mike Davis this week um, he may find his way into the end zone but I mean it is a very risky play in my opinion because that defensive front is so strong um, so it's going to be an interesting contest uh, JD McKissick of course he is a good bet for safe PPR floors and, and PPR points the Washington football team is favored by two points in this game that's a that's a tough one for me. I, I depending on who's starting at the quarterback position, I will maybe uh, side with Washington until I get word of who is starting. If Alex Smith is the starting quarterback, I'm taking Washington all day long. I think this defense corrals Teddy Bridgewater for most of the day, and he's not going to get much done. So maybe garbage time gets you enough for DJ Moore, but I really caution the the Robbie Anderson sit outside of him getting a deep toss for a touchdown. I mean, that's basically all you're going to be hoping for so I like Washington in this game next one we have is the LA Rams coming off that horrific loss to the New York Jets taking travel to Seattle to face the Seahawks and Russell Wilson minus one and a half is the spread right now for the Hawks at home this is basically a pick 'em game. We know this. I mean, the Rams are coming off that horrific, like I said, let loss. Um, they couldn't get anything going. They lost Cam Akers to that high ankle sprain, so they will be going back to the well and and starting Daryl Henderson in the backfield, which is okay. I mean, it's not a it's not a massive downgrade whatsoever. Henderson has been running very well the entire season. But, I mean, this is Jared Goff. To me, this is such a problem for this offense. Uh, Week in, week out, he's just not playing the way that we had seen him play when they made that run to the Super Bowl. I really don't know what is going on in his game. You have players like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup who are underutilized this season. So, I mean, Sean McVay had the, the the notion to adjust and alter the scheme to be somewhat more run-heavy this year, and he's done that. But, I mean, it has come at the expense of this passing game. The defense had a massive letdown last week. I think they're going to be geared up to play this one against Russell Wilson, who himself has been struggling somewhat in the past game. He has a career-high 13 interceptions this season, uh, but he does have 37 touchdowns. So 
We'll see. I mean, this is this is one of those games that you know both teams are fighting hard. I mean, the the Rams need this one or they're going to be potentially saying goodbye to the postseason. If they win, I mean, they're both clubs will be at 10 and 5 and and you're going to see a fight for week 17 to see who's going to win the division. So Everything on the line. I fully expect this Rams defense to play that much better. Aaron Donald and company will be geared up to play. Russell Wilson, he will have to attack. Last time we saw these teams play, Jalen Ramsey locked up DK Metcalf a lot, and it was getting frustrating on his part. So I fully expect uh, Tyler Lockett to have a bigger role, have a bigger day. Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde, they will need to control the clock. I caution again, uh, uh, Chris Carson this week. I mean, it's very difficult to to not play him just given the skill set. Obviously, he could be uh, uh, your RB two, and he has been your RB two every week. But I caution the the start only. Uh, he's not. You can't sit him, but I caution it only because I think the floor is going to be very very low. Um, if he doesn't find his way into the end zone this week, I mean, it's it's it could cripple your fantasy club. And and clearly, you probably don't have a better option at this point. So I mean, you got to roll with Chris Carson. Versus this heavy run defense, um, but maybe we'll see. Maybe the the Jets kind of put a little bit of uh, exposed tape on them from last week because we saw the Jets have ability to run the ball a decent amount last week. So uh, I still like the Seahawks in this one, one and a half at home. I will side with Russell Wilson. I think he's going to go into elite level mode. He is going to make plays. He's going to make things happen, and and we'll see what happens. But I like the Seahawks in this one. The Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts. The Jalen Hurts show is stealing everybody's hearts right now. They're taking travel to Dallas to face the Cowboys. Eagles are favored by two points right now. Both teams are still alive in this playoff race, if you can believe it. Both teams are what? The Eagles are 4-9-1. Uh, and one. The Cowboys are 5-9. and nine. Uh, The worst division in football, we know this. I mean, the NFC East is, a, is an absolute debacle. We do have the Washington football team. They are the front runners right now. I believe they have six wins facing those Panthers. If they win, they can put a stranglehold on this division uh, to be the division leaders. Um, but this is a very important game for both these teams right now if they want to attempt in playing in the postseason. But we got to talk about Jalen Hurts. I mean, he is stealing the show right now. He comes in uh, week uh, the first week that he played. He faces the New Orleans Saints. He gets a victory. He looked very good. He stayed within the system, stayed within the game plan, didn't do anything over Really spectacular, but the biggest thing he didn't do anything to make his team lose. That was the biggest uh, uh, achievement in his first start in the NFL. Now we go into the last week's contest against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, and they put on a show. Both Kyler and Hertz looked absolutely phenomenal last week. Hertz's uh, season so far: 647 passing yards, five touchdowns, one interceptions. He has uh, the ability to run the ball extremely well. I like this kid. He is going to be, if you picked up Jalen Hurts, uh, the waiver wire article had him at a 40% ownership stake in Yahoo Leagues. Um, if you got a chance to pick him up, I mean, he could definitely be your league winner at the quarterback position. If you've made it to the finals, you've been streaming quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts is is absolutely going to be your league winner this year. He is just playing very well. The, we've seen this offense. I mean, with with uh, Miles Sanders playing very well, uh, Coach Doug Pedersen has uh, understood that he's got to roll this young man out because the offensive line cannot cover and block for him. So this is the ability that Hurts does provide that Carson Wentz could not. Uh, 
the ability to scramble out of the pocket, the uh, uh, overabundance of athletic ability that Carson doesn't have. And now you're finding guys like Greg Ward coming back in the mix. This is a sneaky fantasy play for all of you if you're looking for an option as well. Greg Ward, and the reason for that is is that Jalen Hurts and Ward had extended period of practice time together on the second team when, when Carson Wentz was the starting quarterback. So they instantly formed that chemistry. That's why we're seeing more Greg Ward lately. He scored twice, I believe, last week. So, I mean, the target share is not going to be abundant. It's not going to be great, but he could have that ability again in the red zone and find his way to score at least one more touchdown. So you, you, you're going to be trading off a little bit. It could be four receptions, you know, 40 yards and, and a touchdown. So, I mean, that's a decent flex option for you in full PPR leagues. But, I mean... I do like this Eagles team under Jalen Hurts. Andy Dalton, on that other hand, he hasn't been playing horribly as well. He's been able to move the ball. CeeDee Lamb coming off a big day. Amari Cooper, I mean, he's still in the mix. He still doesn't have that 1,000-yard season yet, but likely to, to cash in this week. I mean, I, I like it all. Uh, if you have uh, either uh, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Miles um, Sanders, uh, Greg Ward, I, I like it. I mean, I, I can definitely go get on board and start these guys. Dalton Schultz is a sneaky play as well. The Eagles struggle immensely in covering the tight end position, and Dalton Schultz has been reliable. I mean, with a, with a full PPR safe floor of six to seven points on a weekly basis from the tight end position, which hasn't been great. I mean, if he gets in the end zone, Definite touchdown upside this week for him as well. Um, this is going to be a tough contest, but I really do think with Jalen Hurts uh, throwing the ball, we could see a another type of shootout. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked whatsoever. Lack of defense and lots of offense in this contest, I could see it. Zeke Elliott is the problem as well. We uh, will not see if Tony Pollard will get the start just yet. Uh, I saw Zeke was uh, practicing, participating in practice at some capacity today, so we'll see. We'll see if he suits up for this contest as well. It's going to be interesting uh, to say the least, but I do like the Eagles in this contest. Minus two, I will side with them. Sunday night football, we have the Tennessee Titans going up against the Green Bay Packers. Packers are favored by three and a half. This is going to be a fabulous show. Fantastic show. Derrick Henry needs 160.5 yards in each of the next two contests to crack that 2,000-yard mark. Uh, what is that? 320 yards total. It's, it's going to be tough. I mean, uh, if he has a good day here against Green Bay, who do struggle to stop the run, we could see a, a Week 17 finale against the Tennessee or the uh, Houston Texans, excuse me, that he could get over that 2,000-yard mark, which would be insane because I believe CJ2K, a former Tennessee Titan himself, was the last player, last running back to get over that 2,000-yard rushing mark. And, and to have two of them come from the same club is, is absolutely phenomenal. The thing with the Packers that concerns me is the fact that they really struggle to get over that point of, of closing out a team. Last week, they started extremely strong and then allowed uh, Carolina to come back and claw back and, and win that game. Tennessee is rolling right now. Ryan Tannehill has had a fabulous season. I mean, not talked about near enough. 3,400 yards plus, 31 touchdowns, only five interceptions. But then you have the, the league MVP right now uh, uh, trying to be the league MVP, Aaron Rodgers. He is only almost at 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and four interceptions. I mean, both quarterbacks have been playing absolutely lights out right now. We know Devontae Adams. He's been fabulous. No question. It's going to be a lot of Devontae Adams. Tennessee struggles to uh, stop uh, anybody through the air. I mean, that is their biggest concern. On the ground, yeah, they can they can stifle you from time to time, but through the air, that's a major concern. I believe that uh, Devontae Adams will have a very good showing again. 
but we do want to see something else. I want to see more Robert Tanyan. I think if you can't elevate your wide receiver core like uh, the Alan Lazard and the uh, Valdez Scantlings to be that complimentary player for Devontae Adams, I think Tanyan's got to be that guy. And if Matt LaFleur doesn't understand that, he he really needs to put that into a system that it should be like the Kansas City Chiefs, like the the Las Vegas Raiders. Utilize your tight end because he is that good. I mean, Tanyan, I believe last I checked, he has 10 touchdowns on the season. So, I mean, utilize the big man. He is a great mismatch, and he will pull coverage from your best wide receiver, and then you can also ride uh, Aaron Jones. So, I mean, this is, this is a revenge game for the coaching staff. Matt LaFleur going up against his former club in the Tennessee Titans, so you you know that they're going to be geared up. He's going back uh, to face them this week, or he's hosting them this week, I should say. They're playing in Green Bay. So it's it's going to be a very good show. A.J. Brown and, and Corey Davis have been playing very well. I'm excited to see Jari Alexander versus A.J. Brown this week. I think that's going to be a fabulous showing uh, of two players going at it. I think it's going to be great. Three and a half points. I think this game ends up being a field goal either way. I think I will take uh, the Tennessee Titans plus three and a half here only because it's going to be closer than I sus- than, than most suspect. Uh, it's going to be a very good showing. Finishing off week 16 and the fantasy finals uh, on Monday Night Football, the Buffalo Bills, my Bills, Bills Mafia, taking travel to New England, favored by seven points. When was the last time we saw the Buffalo Bills favored by a touchdown in New England at this point of the season? It's been a long time. I mean, we are celebrating Bills Mafia. We are back in the postseason once again we have the ability this is the interesting thing i mean it's unlikely but we have the ability to go and take that top spot and home field advantage we just need the Kansas city chiefs to drop the next two contests and and for the bills to win their next two and that could happen but we don't see that but here we go this is the motivation the bills need um they will know if the chiefs had won uh by monday night football so uh we'll see perhaps a different type of game plan from buffalo just to get the win and go home they still want to get that second seed over the pittsburgh steelers so there still is a lot to play for they want to iron out all their inefficiencies especially in the ground game the New England Patriots struggle a lot lately uh, defending the run I really want to see a lot of Devin Singletary and Zach Moss I want to see the Bills get that momentum in the run game start to figure it out you know because in the playoffs you're going to have to put teams away it's going to be a tighter show you really need to get that ground game going a lot and this is what I want to see this is the perfect game to do it we know Cam Newton's been struggling I mean, I I really don't foresee him returning. I really struggle seeing him being on an NFL roster next year outside of being a backup quarterback somewhere. Not sure the appetite that he has in being a backup passer at this point, um, but but the way he has played this season, and I get it. I mean, the, the Patriots don't have a plethora of talent at the wide receiver position, so that is a big problem. But we haven't even seen the integration of James White in the past game as much as we should have given the fact that they don't have the targets to throw to. I think that was a big mistake. Steph Gilmore is also out of this contest. He is done for the season with an injury as well. So this, is, this can act as a tune-up contest for the Buffalo. Bills. It really can, and it really should. I uh, if, if the Bills have a letdown in this contest, then that to me is a big mistake. You really need to figure out and iron out a lot of the things that aren't going well in your offense right now, even though you're coming off a massive blowout victory for the Denver Broncos. These are the types of situations that it's a gift right now going into the postseason. Win this game, yes. Do not lose this game, but also iron out what you don't do well and, and get that right, and what you don't do well is run the ball. If, if 
if I see uh, even the tandem approach get above 150 yards on the ground this week, I think I'll, I'll be happy. I want to see more screen games to the running backs. I think that'll be a, a, a great site for this offense as well. But I really like the Bills as well in this game. Their defense is starting to play extremely well. Um, they're starting to figure things out and get things together. Matt Milano uh, definitely got a shout out to this guy because, I mean, when he was gone for those three games, the, the Bills couldn't stop the run and they were getting gashed over the middle. With him back in the lineup, you truly do see a difference in how they play in the zone, in the man, it, it, it how he rushes the quarterback as well. He acts as another rushing uh, specialist from the linebacker position. So definitely kudos to him. I, I didn't give him enough respect for what he does for this Bills defense. Um, but I like Buffalo a lot. I think that uh, fandom aside, I mean, analysts speak, I think Josh Allen is playing extremely well. He should still be in that MVP category. Also, I mean, he, he has 4,000 yards, even 30 touchdowns, nine interceptions. And he's added, what, I believe another eight or nine on the ground. Um, he definitely should be in that conversation. Stefan Diggs has been an absolute animal this season. He's seen 147 targets, 111 receptions, leads the NFL, 1,314 yards, and, and five touchdowns. Yes, the touchdown pr- uh, pr- uh, prowess hasn't necessarily been there like it should have been. But, I mean, this is, this is Josh Allen spreading the ball. I believe he's thrown a touchdown pass to, what, 12 or 13 different wide receivers this season. He, he throws one more to another player he breaks the NFL record in that respect as well so the balance is there in this past game where the focus is is truly on uh feeding Stefan Diggs but the fact that they can score in multiple areas Smoke John Brown is likely not going to play in this contest. He is almost ready to come back on the field as well. Gabe Davis, the rookie, has been playing very well. And name him off, Cole Beasley. Like, they got weapons galore on this team. They're going to be very tough to beat. And and I like the Bills a lot in this game. I think they cover seven points as we get closer to the postseason and see who everyone's going to face. So, I mean, good luck to you. That is it. I mean, good luck to you this week. Week 16, it's going to be everything do or die for the fantasy football season. I wish you the best of luck. Hopefully. Hopefully our content helped you out to get you these championships, to get you to these games, and hopefully you'll you'll have a trophy sitting on your case or a ring uh, coming your way with some cash. So that's what we do it for. We love it. But always remember, we're not going anywhere, man. The, there is no offseason for all-day football. This uh, The podcast will always be here. Uh, we'll, we'll dissect so much in the offseason. That's where we get to work. I mean, the team evaluations, uh, the NFL draft, free agency, uh, we love it all. So definitely stick around. We are not going anywhere. But good luck to you this week in the in the fantasy finals. I really, truly hope that you guys win those trophies and, and we'll close it out right there. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF1. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF Underground. Give it a follow to all the listeners. Thank you for all the support. And until next time, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. And Merry Christmas. I'm out.